Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. So Madeline, what have you been watching lately? I watched this weekend two movies that I had been meaning to catch up on. Well, I say catch up on. I mean, they came out years and years ago, but it's just been on my list to finally watch them. I watched The Departed and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which both of them I really enjoyed it was... I guess I, I was expecting to like them. I mean, I love Martin Scorsese and I love David Fincher. So both of them were great and had incredible casts. Brad Pitt, Kate Blanchett, Leonardo DiCaprio, Alec Baldwin. Man, I don't really like him, but... Really? <laughs> I've heard he's a jerk. But he's a great host Somebody, on The Match Game. The Match Game? Do you not watch The Match Game? No. Listen, The Match Game is a fantastic game show it's a great revival and alec baldwin is a fantastic host and you know what if he is a jerk um i just heard like this stuff about like someone some something with like a car accident i don't know yeah so that was in new york and he got in this fight so i don't know maybe he is a good guy but also jack nicholson was in it mark Wahlberg, uh matt damon so great cast i really loved both of them. They weren't necessarily like the first thing that I would really go to, but I was watching it with my family and like they like those sort of movies. And I mean, I, I really enjoy like any well done movie. I'm not like, oh my God, I can't watch it. Like, I don't know. I'm not like a crime person. Benjamin Button was more my sort of thing, but yeah, I really liked those. And The Departed is on Netflix and Benjamin Button, I splurged and I rented for $3. Thanks, dad. <laughs> oh, so glamorous. Yeah. You know when like you rent a movie for $3 and you're like, wow, I'm splurging. Because everything's at our fingertips with HBO Max. So, you know. Actually, it was on HBO Max for a long time and then it went away. And I hadn't been meaning to watch it. So I just had to, you know, cave in and rent it. But I did not regret. It was a good movie. Oh, yeah. Taraji P. Henson. I forgot she was in that. She's good in that. She plays Benjamin Button's mother. Like, she basically adopts him at birth. And I, I could have used more of her. But I really liked Kate Blanchett in it. I really, really liked her, her character. And she's like a ballet dancer. So it was interesting. They kind of, like, fall in love. At, like, the, they find this middle ground where they're both the same age. Because Benjamin Button is, like, aging backwards. But, of course, Kate Blanchett's character is aging normally so when they hit like 30 40s they like meet together and um yeah it was it was very good i really liked it but other than that i recently watched the movie that we are discussing today in the heights which is directed by john m chu who is also the director of another movie that i love crazy rich asians and the screenplay is by kiara algrea hudes based on the musical by kiara algrea hudes and lin-manuel miranda and it's starring anthony ramos corey hawkins leslie grace melissa barrera daphne rubin vega and Jimmy Smits, just to name a few, in this crazy ensemble blockbuster musical, wow, wild ride. I 
saw this in IMAX at the AMC at Lincoln Center. And I don't, I think this was the first like actual movie that I saw in IMAX. I feel like other movies that I had seen were like at museums in IMAX, I want to say, where I was like, you can watch the whales in IMAX. And I was like, oh, fun. But I think this was the first like actual movie that I saw and I really enjoyed it. I think I would sit further back because like IMAX, like I want to see the whole screen and not have to turn my head because I'm lazy. But I did enjoy it. And this movie, it was everything that I expected, but also like some things kind of threw me for a loop. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda kept popping up over and over again. Uh, and that was a bit a bit shocking at times, but also it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. So it wasn't shocking because he kind of pops up in everything that he does. Do you know the musical though? Yes. Okay. So from my understanding from like the interviews and things I've been reading is that the studios were going to cut his character, the Piraguero, uh, Frozen Iceman. They were going to cut the character and his songs because it doesn't service the plot. Yeah, it doesn't. At all. Um, I mean, it doesn't move the plot forward, but like it's a, you know. Like an aside. Yeah, a cultural tag point to like fully encapsulate the neighborhood. So John M. Chu actually convinced Lynn to be in it because he was like, I, I don't want to be part of this movie. Like this is the new version of it. Like it's none of the original cast or anything. And John was like, yeah, but if you don't take this part, then they're going to cut it out of the movie completely. And he was like, well, I can't have that happen. So. Okay. That does make sense. Cause I yeah, I read that like he didn't want to be in the movie and I was like, that sounds shocking coming from Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> but that story does make sense. And there was some interesting moments where I was like, okay, we get it. We see you, Lin. Thank you so much. But like, let the others take the spotlight for a second. But I think that in terms of like relating this to the musical, I mean, I was obsessed with the musical in high school and watched bootlegs of it, which I know is not a good thing to do, but I did. <laughs> I watched illegal videos of it. And I've always just loved the story and especially seeing this being in New York and just the energy and, you know, people sitting in this theater. Some were from this neighborhood. Other people have visited and it was just, it was a really nice experience. And, um, I think it was nice to see that brought to screen because like watching the musical and listening to the music, you see so much of this culture that lives in Washington Heights and bringing that to the bigger screen and having people all across the country being able to watch it rather than just seeing it on Broadway or like touring through their town. Uh, I think it brings it to a larger audience, which is nice, but obviously brings up the bigger issue of casting, which this has gotten a lot of backlash about and representation within the film. So things are really tricky there, but I think that they did a nice job translating it from stage to screen. And there were moments like when they do... Um, and like 96,000 and they had like animations that I liked how they took those moments that like otherwise this could not happen on stage, like how they made it into a whole scene in the pool. Like that just wouldn't happen on a Broadway stage, even though it's a whole spectacle like that just, you know, they're not going to have coordinated swimmers swimming in a pool, but it was nice to see them kind of heighten that and see how this could take place like on a screen, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it was a great 
reimagining of the musical because there there were a lot of differences i mean like in the musical nina has two parents in the movie her mom is dead uh in the musical sunny's a lot older and in the movie sunny actually gets to be like a a preteen teen which is really cool and there are just so many visuals that the medium of film allows for that couldn't be translated onto the stage not saying that one is better than the other but like during nina's song breathe we get this imagery of her watching herself as a small child like running around the neighborhood and discovering things and like watching her grow up through her own eyes which would never translate that well on a broadway stage i mean that was like you know that's your stand center stage and your spotlight and belt song but on the film end of the story it got to become something like much softer and had a lot more layers to it uh same thing kind of happened with the song that abuela sings when she's like dying of reminiscing on her life like i never expected this like beautiful lyrical you know reminisce recap on your life with this song and then like cutting back and forth to watching like the actual abuela like laying in bed like Mm -hmm. about to die that definitely brought tears to my eyes so yeah it really really interesting differences but again it's a reimagining it's not the exact same text uh because we also get it's a little more political yeah yeah with sunny we learn that his character in the movie is a undocumented immigrant and that he is going through that and that's not a thing in the musical and or you know the stage musical and i think that was really interesting because that is a prevalent issue and you know if they want to make this topical and they want to make it current then that's what's true and that's some people's story and to have that be shown on screen i think is really important because otherwise where else would those stories be told and yeah i think choices like that i was like oh i i wasn't expecting that like you know little side plot and we learned that his father's an alcoholic and he's struggling with that and it just kind of added all these extra layers that i think it didn't distract me from the actual the actual musical or like the actual storyline or what i knew from it it didn't distract me from anything and i felt like if if anything it just added you know more layers to the story which i think sometimes in a musical there's a lot of moving parts and you're watching it all in real time and you know when you're watching it on a screen i almost want to think that you could maybe handle a few more side plots and you're seeing the characters like in close-up shots it's not just like you sitting in the balcony watching people pass on the stage so it was very clear and I think that they did a nice job without like completely distracting from the main plot and I think this is just a really beautiful story it follows Yusnavi and he is telling these four children about Washington Heights which that doesn't happen in the musical, right? No, this the movie is told as a 
flashback, but it happens all real life, real time on stage. Yeah. And I, I liked how they did that because I think having him narrate through this story helped us kind of follow along what was going on. And then it made sense for them to be like, this is what happened like day two of the blackout or, you know, or this hour and stuff like that. It helped to kind of move the story along and give it a little bit more of a structure. And it follows the people within this town and how they all kind of circulate around this older lady, Abuela, and we meet the the taxi company owner, Kevin, and his daughter, and Yusnavi's cousin, and the girl that Yusnavi is interested in. And that's part of the reason why I love this musical. And obviously, it works for a movie or a musical to follow, you know, a set amount of characters. But I think it establishes this really strong sense of community, which I really love, especially, you know, now moving to New York and watching it and just seeing how like sometimes it can feel like such a big city and seeing although fictional this you know nice community where these people all kind of run around the same block and they know the ladies at the the nail salon and they all talk to each other and everyone kind of knows each other's gossip and they're like one big family i think just as is a really beautiful story and obviously it's it's surrounding them following their dreams and everyone kind of finding their different ways and whether that means them leaving Washington Heights and going back to the Dominican Republic or staying there and building more of life on their own and that means something different for everyone for Nina she's returning from Stanford and she was what a lot of people thought of like wow she made it out and she's living out her dreams and she's becoming really educated and and then for Yusnavi, he wants to go back to the Dominican Republic. And Vanessa, she wants to start becoming a fashion designer. So I think it's really beautiful how you're kind of following all these different stories. They all intertwine at the heart of Washington Heights and um, this sort of connected community by this older woman, Abuela, who they all look up to. Yeah. And speaking of dreams, I think that thematic line is super important to how this works as a film because it felt like a very dreamy film cinematically as well. There were so many shots and so many different scenes like we've already talked about, like with 96,000 and the, the big pool dance number, but then also with songs like When the Sun Goes Down, when Benny and Nina are dancing on the side of their oh, building. I didn't like that. I It just felt so... I, I liked it in the sense that that couldn't... I mean, I guess it could happen on the stage. But, I mean, I don't know. I just... It felt a little... I don't know. Like, I think that's the criticism that I have for it is, like, what a lot of people say about, like, the La La Land planetarium scene where they're, like, floating in the air. But I always find excuses for why that works in that movie. And maybe this also works in this, but for me, it just like, it felt so like dreamlike and distant. But then you also had shots from like inside a house where people are like, why are they on the walls? And I don't know, I just, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. And I think there were a lot of moments that obviously, it, I mean, it did work in a sense because it was like Yusnavi retelling this story to these four children. And like the first song starts and he puts his foot on like a, a subway grate sort of. It's the, like the sewer cover. Yeah, the sewer cover. And it like moves almost like a, record yeah like a record so there are obviously these moments where it's like you know heightened like like suspension disbelief but 
I don't know. That pushed it a little too far for me. Well, but see, I think, and don't get me wrong. I was very upset and bothered by like seeing the, the images of dancing on the side of the building when I was seeing previews and Mm. seeing all the promotional stuff. I was like, this is ridiculous. Get out of town. Why are they doing this to this musical? But I think because of moments like the record scratch at the beginning and because thematically the idea of dreams is so heightened, I I think it actually works because from second one, pretty much, it's asking us to suspend our disbelief because, spoiler, the movie starts with Usnavi talking to these children and they're on a beach, right? But in reality, they were never on the beach. They never left the Heights. They're still in the Heights. And I think it's because this movie is so much about dreams and those who dare to dream that we're allowed to see the world through their eyes. And in reality, I think that's just the visual representation of what Benny and Nina's love was like. They're so entwined that they can dance on the side of buildings together. And the idea of someone winning $96,000 is so outrageous and exciting that they can create animations with their hands and like shove them into people. So I think it's very much similar to La La Land. Like you have to buy into the world that's being created because it's a film from moment one, otherwise it's gonna, I don't wanna say go over your head, you're just not gonna be in on the joke. Yeah, and I think that also makes sense because like La La Land or In the Heights, both of them are movie musicals and there already is that sort of like, you have to imagine that everything is dreamlike. Like obviously they're not singing in real life. You know, it's very much a feeling and it's very much like in this moment, this is how I would feel. Like how in La La Land it starts and they're like all dancing on their cars and singing because it's just what people want to do in that moment, but it's not actually what they're doing. So I do agree, I th- you, you've sold me on this whole <laughs> wall, wall, wall walking moment I think it I think it does work I think it just threw me for a loop because that was a moment that was very different from the staged production but yeah it did work and you know what now I'm curious I almost wonder if like this could be done on stage like very much Mary Poppins step in time like Bert walking on the the sides of the stage like I've seen that be done so I wonder if any productions will like take that and put it onto the stage production. I mean, I think you should just leave them separate entities and like let them live on their own and breathe on their own. But I would be interested to see what productions, like I could see like a community theater being like, oh yeah, this is exactly what we would want to do for In the Heights. And it's like, of course, like an all white production because that's what high schools and a lot of community theaters tend to do with In the Heights. And um, I think this is what we see within a lot of productions that have done the staged show is not casting it properly. And I think there was a lot of anticipation with who was going to be in the cast of the film because they can cast anyone and it's a huge production and it has very like high profile names attached to it. It's not just a community theater casting whoever lives in that town. And there has been a lot of backlash saying that the casting is not diverse and it doesn't truly represent Washington Heights and all the people that inhabit that area. And it does sort of focus on people that look a certain way and it doesn't really highlight 
everyone that comes from different backgrounds in Washington Heights is not just people from Puerto Rico or people from the Dominican Republic. It's filled with lots of different people. And I think that they have spoken out about the casting. And I think it's it, it can be tricky because casting is a huge issue within Hollywood. And we've been seeing that over and over again, especially within the past year as people are bringing up past castings from other films and opportunities that were there but not taken by casting companies and directors. And I think that, I mean, I don't want to give this a, a pass, but this film was made in 2019, I believe. Um, and it was supposed to come out last summer. And I would be interested if given all of the protests and discussions that were had last summer if things would have been different with the cast and if anything would have been changed with the story or anything would have been brought to light more but i think that it's it definitely creates a opportunity for discussion and also hopefully you know the movie is not going to be remade i don't believe but if anything people that are going to work on this show in the future the show still exists to be done as a production on stage pretty much anywhere and I think if anything this discussion with the film hopefully will inspire others to be more open-minded with their casting or if they don't have that cast available within their community or their circle or their high school that they just don't do the show. Amen. I agree. Yeah but all in all I do think this was a fantastic movie and a fantastic movie musical. And I have the same feeling coming out of this as I did coming out of La La Land when I was in high school with like stars in my eyes being like, oh my gosh, movie musicals are making a comeback. We're gonna mm -hmm. go into a new golden age and maybe there'll be more new stories and, and more exciting things to be told. And I think this is definitely a step in the right direction because it's proving that you can have a massive summer blockbuster one be a musical and two be led completely by a cast of people of color which is those are two very rare things and even rarer to be in combination together on such a large platform even though we know that communities of color have been the backbone of the entertainment industry since literally day one. So all in all, I had a fantastic time. I, like Madeline mentioned earlier, have a, a pretty deep connection and a deep love of this musical. It's actually the first Tony Award performance that I remember. Yeah. When I was nine years old, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, <laughs> but I, this show even though i'm a white woman who you know was raised in a somewhat suburban area like this show is so human at the end of the day and tells such beautiful stories of connection that i could relate to it and feel connected to it even as a small child and being able to put this story on the big screen in both in movie theaters and then also in our homes. Thank you, HBO Max, mm -hmm. my favorite, my bestie. <laughs> it's just a fantastic time. I think I teared up like four or five times. Me too. And it's long, I will say. So if 
you're not a musical fan, I think you'll still like it, but just like, you know. You're in for a ride. But <laughs> buckle up, set aside two plus hours for yourself. We're getting into a little bit of Les Mis territory. <laughs> but all in all, great summer movie. So happy it's finally out. And I will honestly probably watch it again before it leaves HBO Max. Yeah, when I left the theater, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like, I'm so happy that I have this to go home and I can watch it at home too after I watched it on the big screen, which I'm just excited about. And yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, I want to rewatch that. And one moment that Kevin, Nina's father, when they're having the fight at the dinner, this is another reason for anyone to go rewatch. He has foundation all over his shirt, like all over the collar of his shirt. And I was like, uh, where was the makeup team on this? Where was wardrobe? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of bad. So if anything, you just rewatch that scene because ah. I literally was like, I need to go back home and like see this because I cannot believe that this just went by. I mean, maybe that's his character. Maybe he wears foundation and it gets on his neck. Maybe that was a choice, but it wasn't a choice that I would have made. And um, yeah, overall, I had a wonderful time watching this. I think it's the perfect summer movie because the whole thing is like the heat and the city and the music and the dancing. And it's just a really, really fun time. And hope, I don't know, I, I would say this is definitely Cinema Chicks approved. I think I'm inclined to agree. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. You can follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank today's sponsors. A killer soundtrack for the summer. Lin-Manuel Miranda for popping up whenever I thought he was done. He just kept on coming back. And Anthony Ramos for being Anthony Ramos. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>